And uh, plenty of emotion on the text line this morning from those who watched the Mario Phoenix story on Seven last night. And morning to you, Buzz. I know yeah. you watched it, and it was very emotional. Yeah, I texted you uh, last night, Meadow. Uh, um, I don't mind admitting I shed a tear. Mario was a very good friend of mine throughout his career, and um, to see him struggling in the manner in which he is was really, really sad. And, um I'm glad it was the story was covered so well, though. I'm, I'm glad it's again raised awareness. There are other footballers struggling in Mario's position. With, with Roy Simmons is not at that stage yet, but Stephen Mortimer, the great Turvey Mortimer, George Piggins, and I think, <clears throat> excuse me, that story last night was one of the saddest I've seen on TV, and um, I, I think it's a message, not just to all of us in the media, but to players and everywhere to, to really get behind NRL, you know, attempts to the, the crackdowns on high tackles. And even for players like Jared Wirahagri's, Felice Capusi, even Victor Radley, Nelson Masofa Solomona, that maybe it's time they did think about, you know, look, that they're, they're all great players. They're all very tough men, but just to think a little bit more about how they play the game. Um, I don't think we can support the NRL enough on this. I, I, I think one of the saddest parts of that story last night was the financial struggles that the Connect family is facing to get Mario the, the treatment he needs long-term. You look at the owners of the South Sydney Rabbitohs and you know that uh, Mike Cannon-Brooks, he's worth $20 billion, James Packer, Russell Crowe. I, I would really like to see them do more to ensure that Mario and his beautiful family are well looked after for what is a deteriorating condition. And, um, yeah, he's going to need a lot of help. And it was a tough old game in those days, Loz, and the NRL have done a great job to, to uh, clean it up. But um, I, I think there's more to be done. The collisions compared to when Mario played because of sports science, because of the athlete and the power game we now have are are probably even harder than what they were back then. Mm. Um, Early this morning, we touched on it, Buzz, and I failed to mention Men of League as well. Clarkie asked me whether there was a support group to to help, and Men of League do a wonderful job, so I just wanted to recognise them. But obviously, it's going to be an ongoing issue for Mario and the ongoing financial support, so I, I take your point there. Yeah, the Men of League um, is a wonderful, wonderful organisation that have helped out thousands of people from volunteers to junior footballers, anyone who fall on hard times. But I think even this is a a much bigger story and Mm. um, it it costs a lot of money to get people in Mario State the the care they need. And and, um, I'm sure after the exposure last night that, People in the game will rally for his family. And um, and it, as I said, it's just, not just Mario. It's, you, you guys know the Steve Mortimer story, yep. the Roy Simmons story. And mm. I'm really, really passionate now about getting on board. And <clears throat> Look, it's a great collision sport. We're never going to take out the contact. And a lot of the things that happen on a rugby league field are accidents. But we're going to lower the collision rate the harder we work on keeping tackles down. Yeah, no, I agree with that. But I also think, Buzz, as a game too, we need to um, 
look after it and protect our players a little bit more in regards to, you know, we saw Mitch Moses last weekend, uh, you know, knocked out against Penrith, but then was allowed, and I'm not just saying this because he played Parramatta either, by the way, I'm just talking about generally overall in the NRL, we allow players back, you know, seven days after they've been concussed. I think that needs to change as well. Yeah, Loss, I did a story. Um, Professor Chris Levi is the is a is a leader, like the lady um, Rowena Mobs we saw last night on the show. He is now suggesting, he's a senior advisor to the NRL, that there has to be an automatic one week stand down for any player who suffers a bad concussion, and that takes it out of the doctor's hands. You, you just miss one game, and then you're examined the following week to. Mm make sure you're right to come home. And that one-week rest could mean everything. Certainly, Professor Lee, I think so. Buzz, what did you make of the footy, mate, over the weekend? I'll tell you what, it's lovely to talk to you again. <coughs> you all right? <laughs> Jeez, you created some headlines, you too. Did you get some sleep? You are right? You... <laughs> you're not too low? I'm here if you need anything, buddy. Listen, I've lifted your suspension, all right? I only gave you a week, all right? <laughs> mate, you would have loved it a bit more attention in the papers. You would have loved that, Buzz. Clarky, you know what? As long as they spelled my name right, I don't That's, care. And, pr- and <laughs> pronounced it right as well. Very yeah, important. Yeah, exactly. Hey, um, your question about the football. Um, a great weekend of football. Um, I, I was disappointed in my Sharks. Um, I, I think I know why that they played and that they lacked intensity and that their defence for the last two weeks were pretty horrible. Reason being, you have a look at their roster, and I'll just go through it. Aidan Tolman, 33. Andrew Fafida, 33. Wade Graham, 31. Mm. Dale Finucane, 31. Matt Moylan, 31. Now, anyone in sports science will tell you that once you're north of 30, recovery is not is harder than what it is for, for, for young sportsmen. It's just a fact there. You know, they've, they've been around a lot longer. They've played more games and their bones and muscles and ligaments aren't what they used to be. So I think after that, uh, what was it, 93-minute game against the Cowboys, I just don't think Cronulla came up. And a lot to do with, uh, I think, was their ageing roster. But you look at their entire season, what Craig Fitzgibbon's done. They gave Shark fans a, a lot of hope for the future. Uh, I think they had a great year. What about the Raiders, though, Buzz? We were, well, I certainly was disappointed, but I thought their year overall, considering where they came from after round 12, was, was magnificent. Uh, they knocked off the storm in week one of the finals, but obviously Parramatta were just way too good on Friday night. Yeah, they were way too good. And look, I, I can clearly remember phone calls to Ricky Stewart, probably weekly between rounds eight and 12, and um, about the struggles he was facing at um, Canberra. But incredibly, he always remained positive and said, look, we've got Fogarty coming back, Jamal Fogarty, and, you know, give us a bit more time. I'm not convinced our season's done yet. And you know what? He was right. And exactly the same what I said about the Sharks. You know, they had a... Their second half of the season was almost as good as any other club in the competition. And... While they've got Tarpany and Papalihi up front, you know, and Jackie White and at five eight, and you know, I think they're going to be a strong club for a few more years yet. Um, I think their premiership window is still open. They need to work on that roster a little bit more. But um, they were disappointing against the Eels. They, they ran out of steam. They, 
I think they were on a massive high against Storm and couldn't get back up. Um, the Parramatta were outstanding, weren't they? I thought they were clearly the best side we saw on the weekend. Two epic preliminary finals then. And Friday night, the Eels trying to make their first decider since 2009, but they've got to do it the hard way in Townsville in the heat. Yeah, that, that is tough. I mean, I'll tell you what's tougher. If you're a Parramatta fan trying to get to Townsville, I looked on What If website for a room in Townsville. Not for me, just to find out. You know, they were telling me they were about $1,000 a night of room, but there's no room. The, the town is completely sold out. So if you're a Parra fan, you're going up, take a tent. <laughs> and you look at airfare, the airlines are cashing in on. It's about a grand return by the time you get a ticket. It's going to be an expensive weekend for fans. But um, <clears throat> they were magnificent the other night. And I thought it was arguably Mitchell Moses' best game for the club. He copped a nasty shot off Jack White, and I didn't like that head slam whatsoever. And I thought the match review committee might have picked that up and given Jack a week uh, a fine at the very least. But Moses and Dylan Brown behind Paul Lowe and Regan Campbell-Gillard were just sensational. Mitchell Moses, um, there's been a lot of knocks on him that he hasn't come up in big games for many years. But you know, Nathan Cleary is clearly the number one halfback in the game, but I'd put Mitchell Moses dead heat for a second with Jerome Hughes and, um, of course, Daly Cherry Evans. He's a wonderful player. His kicking game was superb. He kicks goals. He, I love the try score. He showed speed, didn't he? And he was sort of hanging out wider and picked it up and just took off the line the way he celebrated that try with the fans. It was fantastic to watch and so, look, I think the Eels are a real chance in, in, in council. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. I've got a bit of a throat going on here. Um, I reckon they'd get the Cowboys in the middle, Lloyd. Yeah, no, I wouldn't disagree with that. I, I think their best is good enough to win the comp bus. I, I, I think Parramatta's best. But what concerns me is that they don't play their best week in, week out. And they've got two tough games coming up. You mentioned Mitchell Moses. He's a wonderful player. Uh, but he's got to deliver two weeks in a row now. He's, he's got to deliver. This is their best chance they've had for a long while to win a premiership. And Mitchell and Dylan Brown, they get no better time to prove to their critics that they can win big games and big moments against quality opposition because the yeah, quality is there now. It's interesting you, know. you say that. I, 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 you don't regularly see Parramatta turn off and have an off night when there's so much riding on a game. You remember early in the year, they were thumped by Canterbury, the Bulldogs. And it was one of the biggest upsets of the year because they didn't turn up with their footy boots. They didn't turn up with attitude. They didn't turn up with intensity. But I've got this feeling, and I'm really, really happy for Brad Arthur, that he's got them now mentally prepared for these end-of-season games. And I would not be surprised at all if they went a step further and um, and knocked the Cowboys off and went through to the grand final. Yeah, well, they've just got to trust their ability and trust the football that's got them there. And the best football that they play, it's all about offloading the ball and just playing with momentum. Haven't they, haven't they got an offload? Oh, they have, and, and that's the way that they're going to win a competition. They're not going to win it by just completing and kicking, and I thought they fell into that trap in week one of the finals. And the other thing it does by offloading the ball, in my opinion... 
is that the strength of Dylan Brown and the strength of Mitchell Moses is their ability to run. And when you yep. offload the ball, it makes the halves get the ball in their hands and run. Now, yeah. they might make a line break, but they're going at a retreating defensive line. And if they've got people pushing up with support and pushing into holes, they're good ball players as well as good runners. So they've got yeah, all sure. options at their disposal. Sure. South Penrith, huge too, guys. Huge. Can, can you envisage an upset at all, Buzz? Oh, I can, but I'll tell you something about South. I didn't think they were that impressive against Cronulla. I thought they left about 30% of their game at home. And if they bring that 30% this weekend, we're going to see a wonderful, wonderful final, uh, grand final prelim. I I really do. Yeah, I I think they're an outside chance. I'm not going to tip them, but it would not surprise me if they did lift and and, and beat Penrith. I I did see Ivan Cleary and... uh, Andrew Webster, his uh, coaching assistant, and Cameron Serraldo, um in the members the other night, um, enjoying a light beer and running their eye over the Rabbitohs. Um, but South had left a lot in the tank, and they can play much better than they did the other night. Take nothing away from them. But their completions were way down on what you need against the great sides to win finals football. Mm. The other story... I've written about this morning is Latrell Mitchell. And like Clarkie, uh, me and uh, your Tuesday correspondent, Danny Wider, have been arguing a little bit about his contract worth. And I've suggested that Latrell is potentially the first ever $2 million player in rugby league. And I'll explain here why, as much as it sounds fairly outrageous. I think the highest paid players in the game are going to get a 10% contract increase when the cap goes up 12% in the next couple of years. It's going to go up to almost $11 million. So the clearies of this world will be on $1.4 million on the salary cap. I think Latrell is that good, that special, that he's a $1.4 million player in his next contract at some stage. My other point is, I think Latrell is the most phenomenal marketing machine, bigger than Sonny Bill Williams, bigger than Thurston, bigger than... He is just a superstar. And I think with their owners, and I mentioned them early, Cannonball, Packer and uh, Russell Crowe, the connections they have, as long as they keep them at arm's length, there is no reason why Latrell can't pick up another 600k in third parties, endorsements from outside the game. Lots of you seen or Clarky a superstar in the game of his standing and and the attention and the way he clicks turnstiles and the way he brings viewers to he is huge. He's certainly um high profile at the moment and everyone wants a part of him and I said earlier this morning, like South won that game on the weekend and Luttrell had a couple of good touches, but he wasn't anywhere near his best. So that's the scary thing if you're a Penrith facing South this weekend. You know that, hang on, South won, they weren't great, and Luttrell wasn't the X factor we're all thinking he was going to be. And you just know he's going to turn it on at some stage throughout the semifinals. Yeah. Uh, And and he has got that marketability as well off the field. Yeah, I could give you stats, and um, I'll, I'll print them in the next couple of weeks that he is as influential to South as Tom Turbo is to Manly. 
yeah, is right. more influential to South than Nathan Cleary is to Penrith in that the the, the losses they have when these guys aren't playing. And yeah, no. he's an extraordinary figure in the game. I, I love watching him play. I, I don't know if you saw McCollum today, but there was a... <clears throat> the, the week before, we saw him all hyped up and at war with the Roosters, and then there was this lovely touch at the end of the game on Saturday night where he uh, he walked over and he picked Nico Hines up off the ground, had a word in his ear, gave him a cuddle. It was lovely, lovely stuff. Just on the text line, Buzz, us, the punters, want Clark v. Buzz round two. <laughs> I think. It's in high demand. No, nah, Buzz oh. needs a week out of the press. He's no. busy last no, week. He needs a week off. <laughs> I'll tell you what they do, Buzz. They give it here an NRL 360 as well, mate. Yeah, yeah, Monday's a big day. For you. You're getting it everywhere. You're copping it everywhere. Tuesday's recovery. I'm just a poor victim. What day is your recovery day? Sorry? Is Tuesday your recovery day? Yeah. So you cop it with us, and then you cop it on NRL 360, and then you just recover at home for the rest of the week. Yeah, no, no, it can be hard. I'll tell you what I did enjoy in the weekend, boys. I went to the Swan ah, for the Sharks. What a game. I really I really enjoyed the game and that there weren't – that the umpires were allowed to umpire the game. There was no noise in their ears. They, uh, they, 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 there were less stoppages. I, 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 I I'm starting to not like the bunker, and not like it a lot, you know. I mm. um, and I, I, I really hope we look at ways to back it off a little bit, and, um, because I, I enjoyed watching the Swans. I really did. Buzz, chat next week. Enjoy hey, your prelim finals. Guys. Talk soon. Cheers.